0: Well, welcome back to our week four of the Bible study on prayer as we looked at Hezekiah this week. And Hezekiah is a great example of a king who fought some tough battles. You know, when I was a little girl, I had a great imagination. I could spend hours in the backyard playing by myself, and, and I was always fighting battles. I was either fighting cowboys, or I was fighting aliens from out of space, or Or some spy, and and just between you and me, when I was a little girl, I used to want to be a spy when I grew up. That was what I thought I would would do. Well, now that I've grown up, I don't really want to do that anymore. But I fought all these battles. I put my whole heart into it, and I always won as a little girl. But they were make-believe. Well, as we grow up, we're still fighting battles. They just look different, and they're no longer make-believe. Uh, Today, we we fight battles that some may be emotional battles that we're struggling with our emotions. Uh, Some are mental as we're fighting and battling with thoughts uh, that are just running through our minds all day. It may be a physical battle that you're battling with an illness or sickness or something physical. And it may be a spiritual battle where we're fighting temptation or we're ready to just throw in the towel in our spiritual walk. These battles are real, and they are hard to fight. And how do we find strength in these battles that we fight today? Well, Hezekiah gives us a great example in 2 Kings 18 and 19, which is where we spend our time in our study this week. And just by way of review, King Hezekiah was a good king. He was one of the kings like uh, Jehoshaphat and Asa that's remembered as one of the good kings of Judah and he brought about a lot of reforms he got rid of the the idols he got he took away the high places he uh, brought back the celebration of the passover he was a good king and one of the things he also brought the worship back to Jerusalem and we learned two things key things about him in 2 Corinthians 18, verses 5 and 6, really just two things, it says that he trusted in the Lord, and then he clung to the Lord. And that's two things that we probably just need to keep in mind as we are facing our battles of just trusting in the Lord and clinging to the Lord. Well, during his reign as king of Judah, he, had a, uh, he faced a difficult battle And as we're trying to to learn how do we find strength in these battles that we're facing, we can learn from the story of Hezekiah. And so what I want to do with you today is just give you a three-step battle plan for finding strength in our battles as we look at Hezekiah's example. So let's just begin. uh, The first step to our battle plan is that we have to recognize the enemy, We need to know who we're up against. And for Hezekiah, he knew exactly who his enemies were. He knew that his enemy was Assyria and the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. And during his reign as king, uh, you looked at this in the background, but during his reign as, as king over Judah, he watched Assyria. He saw Assyria come into the northern kingdom of Israel and take them into captivity. And then, after they took Israel into captivity, the armies of Assyria kept marching south to the, to the nation of, of Judah and began to capture the fortified cities of Judah. And now they were coming to Jerusalem. And during this time, especially when um, Hezekiah was co-reigning with his evil father Ahaz, They were a servant nation to Assyria. They were, along with other nations, serving Assyria. They were paying money to them. But when Hezekiah became a sole king, he decided, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not scared of Assyria. I'm not going to pay a tribute. And so he had refused to pay. But when the Assyrian armies under Sennacherib started to come towards Jerusalem to besiege it, Hezekiah changed his mind and he decided to give in. And so in verse 14... He tells the king, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will bear. And so he gave the king of Assyria all this gold and silver, which he took out of the temple. Probably not the wisest decision. And, and again, Hezekiah was a good king, but he wasn't a perfect king. And there are other examples you'll see in chapter 20 in your study that he wasn't perfect. But that gives me hope because I'm not perfect either, and yet God can still use us. Well, Hezekiah recognized his enemy, and he knew who he was up against. And if we're going to find strength for the battles of life that we face, we have to begin by recognizing the enemy. And, of course, our enemy is Satan. I mean, we are told, the Bible tells us all the way from Genesis to Revelation, who our enemy is. It is Satan, and he wants to defeat us however he can. You know, Peter describes our enemy in 1 Peter 5, 8. He said, first he gives them kind of an exhortation, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. And then he describes the enemy. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour be on the alert. That's our enemy, Satan. He's like a roaring lion ready to pounce. And so the first step in our battle plan is to recognize the enemy. But let me add this. Recognize the enemy, but always remember who your God is. I love what John says in 1 John 4:4. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we need to remember that as we uh, recognize who the enemy is. But our God is greater. The second step in our battle plan for fighting our battles and finding strength in these battles is that we need to resist his strategy. You know, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, he had a strategy for defeating Hezekiah, and we see that strategy used by our enemy in our lives Today against us. So let's look a little closer at the strategy that uh, Sennacherib had for, uh, for Judah. The first, strateg- uh, first thing we see is doubts. And we see that in verses 19 to 25. Uh, you know, after Hezekiah had paid the silver and the gold to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria sent three of his officials with a large army to Jerusalem to send a message to Hezekiah. And we see that in, in uh, verse 17. He sent his officials, and they wanted to speak to Hezekiah, but they ended up speaking to his officials. It's kind of like, I'll have my people talk to your people. And so he gave this message, and he's really trying to put doubts in Hezekiah's mind. And, and he's saying in verse 19, what is this confidence that you have? You say, but they are only empty words. I have counsel and I have strength for the war. Now on whom do you rely that you have rebelled against me? And so he's like, who are you relying on? What is this confidence? It's nothing. You you have nothing to rely on. Then he goes into, you know, verse 21. Are you relying on Egypt? Egypt is weak. They're not going to do anything to save you. Well, verse 22, are you... Are you leaning on the Lord? He said, if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away? He's going, Hezekiah is even taking away your worship of God. I mean, you can't rely on your Lord. You can't rely on Egypt. And then in verse 23, you know, he says, hey, come make a bargain with my, our master, the king of Assyria. And if you do, I'll give you 2,000 horses. Although you all probably don't even have 2,000 men who are trained and capable of riding on those horses and going to battle. You have no chance to defeat us. You just need to realize that. So he's putting doubts in Hezekiah's mind. And then in verse 25, he goes on and he says, Have I now come up without the Lord's approval against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against the land and destroy it. But did they know that or was this just a false kind of threat? Hey, God is on our side. He told us to come and destroy you. You have no chance. That was his first strategy, putting doubts in the mind of Hezekiah. You can't win this battle. And you know, Satan uses that same strategy with us today in our battles. He wants us to doubt God. He wants us to doubt ourselves. You don't have the strength to fight this. Where is your God in all this? Do you think God loves you? If he loved you, why would he have let this happen to you? Or, well, it... it, Is God not powerful enough to change the situation? And so Satan loves to begin to put doubts in our mind about God and even about ourselves. God's abandoned you. Where is he in this? And we need to fight those doubts with the truth of God's word. You're saying this to me, but God's word says this. Well, that was the first... um, strategy he was using was doubts. The second strategy was disunity. In verses 28 to 32, and and this, he was speaking, um, they began to, they stopped just speaking to the officials, and now they're speaking to the people of Judah that are out on the wall, and they're they're trying to threaten them and, and use their strategy against all the people. And they're trying to cause disunity. They're wanting the people of Judah to not trust their king, Hezekiah. And in verse 28, um, you know, they're they're telling the people, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He's not going to be able to deliver you from my hand. In verse 30, don't let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord. Verse 31, don't listen to Hezekiah. And then further down, don't listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you." you. Do you hear what the enemy's doing? They're just trying to to put this, this disunity among the people. It's like, you can't trust your king. You need to do your own thing. Rebel against him. You do your thing. You come and make a deal with us. Just putting those doubts in some of this was, was lies. You know, don't, he's going to mislead you. No, he's not. But it was disunity, questioning the leadership of Judah. You know, today, Satan wants to cause division in the body of Christ. Um, That is an area that he works on us and, and battles us. He wants us to fight among ourselves. And you would think that as Christians, we could come together and be united against the battles around us, but we're not. I mean, for years, we've had the worship wars, trying to to decide, well, that worship's wrong, this worship's the only right one, or vice versa. You know, today we're not even united. The enemy is really dividing us on the issues of today. With uh, the coronavirus, we argue and fight over wearing masks. I'm not wearing a mask. You better wear a mask. I mean, we can't even agree on little things like that. We can't agree on whether this... You know, what's the politics in our country? We're we're divided on politics. We're divided on how to handle things. And so we start seeing our, our unity broken down, and Satan loves that because he gets a foothold into the community of Christ. He wants to cause that disunity among the body, but we can't let him do that. And then a third strategy is discouragement. In verses 33 and 35, you know, they basically just said in in 33, has any one of the gods of the nations delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are those gods? And so he's trying to, to, they're trying to discourage the people of Judah and saying, you can't believe in your God. Look at all these other lands. Their gods were weak. Where are they now? They're all gone. And your God is not going to be any different. And so their strategy there was to discourage them and make them lose heart. Satan loves to discourage us today. He he loves to get us just down on ourselves or um, just lose heart and just sort of bury our heads in the sand and just give up. And I've heard that one of the greatest tools that Satan uses is discouragement because he knows that if he can discourage us, that he can paralyze us. And we won't step out in faith and follow God because of discouragement and fears. What strategy is the enemy using against you today? Is he putting doubts in your mind about something? Is he causing some disunity in the body of Christ around you? Is he using discouragement, trying to get you down, losing heart, losing hope that there's any hope in the future? Don't give in. Don't listen to the enemy. Stand up to him. You know, Ephesians 6 tells us that we need to put on the armor of God And we fight with God's word. So we've looked at the first two steps of our battle plan for how to be strengthened in times of battle. The first step is that we need to recognize the enemy. And our enemy is Satan. The second step is we need to resist his strategy. He uses doubts and disunity and discouragement and lies. And you could go on and add more of his strategy. But we need to resist them. And then the third step in the battle plan is that we need to rely on God's strength. And we see that all throughout Second Kings 19. Hezekiah relied on God and God's strength during this time. And we see that in several ways. He begins at the very beginning of the chapter. Um, he First, he turned to God for help. And we see that in, in verse 1 of chapter 19. It says, when Hezekiah heard it, all this message about what the... The messengers from Sennacherib were saying, when he heard all this, he tore his clothes and he covered himself with sackcloth and he entered the house of the Lord. He went to the house of the Lord because he knew he needed to be near to God. He knew he needed to turn to God for help. He knew this was more than he could handle. And he tore his clothes and wore sackcloth. That was a symbol of humility and and dependence on God and mourning for the situation. And even uh, it can be a symbol of confession. of God, is there something maybe that I need to confess or we need to confess? He needed God's help, and that's where he started. He turned to God for help and went to the house of the Lord. Then he recruited a prayer warrior, and he sent his messengers to go to Isaiah, the prophet at that time. And he sent his messengers to Isaiah, and just told him the situation, and I love how he said in verse 4, perhaps the Lord, your God, will hear all this. And sometimes, isn't that true of us? We think our prayers aren't good enough or strong enough, but we think that, oh, if I could just get Margie Andrews or Marianne Frazier to pray for me, God will hear their prayers. And maybe that's what he was feeling here. But he asked Isaiah to pray for the remnant that's left. So he recruited a prayer warrior. And then Isaiah sent a message back with uh, to Hezekiah to say, the Lord has said, you don't need to be afraid. I, I am going to take care of this. You don't need to be afraid because of the words, I'm going to take care of Sennacherib. He will die by his own sword. We need prayer warriors. We need to recruit these prayer warriors in our lives. Yes, first, we need to go to God alone like Hezekiah did, but then we need to recruit others to come and surround us in these battles of life and pray for us and with us and encourage us and spur us on like Isaiah did. And then third, we see that he prayed. Um, The situation changed a little bit. Sennacherib left, we see in verse 8 and following that Sennacherib left Jerusalem and the area around Jerusalem for a while, but he sent a letter back to Hezekiah. And it was a pretty strong threat. And in verses 11, really in verses 10 and 11, he said, Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you, saying, Jerusalem won't be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you, you've heard, and he goes on and says, Behold, you've heard what has happened to these other nations. You know, he was wanting to really, again, he was using the tactic of discouragement. Don't, don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you. Don't listen to what Isaiah said that you don't need to worry. You do need to worry. Because look at what these other nations, they couldn't stand up to me. Why do you think you can? So Hezekiah turned to prayer in verse 14. And I love that verse, how the picture that it gives us of how he took that letter from Hezekiah and he spread it out before the Lord. It's like he's, he's before the Lord and he's, he's holding it and saying, God, this is what's going on. Here are these words, and this is what I'm dealing with. This is the battle. And then he prayed in verses 15 to 19. And his prayer follows the pattern that we've seen in our prayers that we studied uh, in On Bended Knee last fall and in the studies so far in this, last, in this study. He began by focusing on God's character. He said in verse 15, Oh, Lord, the God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. And so he began by focusing on God's character, focusing on his sovereignty and his power. And then he just poured out his heart to God. He expressed his his feelings and he just kind of went through the situation of what was going on and asking God to hear and to listen and to see what was going on. He was like a lament. And then he made one request of God in his prayer. When he said, Oh Lord our God, in verse 19, I pray deliver us from his hand. One simple request, deliver us from his hand. I love his motive. His motive, he says, Deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. You know, his motive for praying for deliverance wasn't so that they would be comfortable, it wasn't about their comfort. Uh, It wasn't about their happiness. It wasn't about his self-esteem. Deliver them, Lord, so that I will look like a powerful king. And my name will be great if you deliver us. That wasn't at all his motive. His motive was so that, Lord, they will know your God. His motive for asking was the glory of God. And God did deliver them. Uh, The angel of the Lord struck down 185,000 in the camp one night. And later, Sennacherib was killed by his own sword, just like God and Isaiah had prophesied. God delivered. What battles are you facing today? I mean, maybe it's a physical battle, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's an emotional battle. What battles are you facing And when the battle seems overwhelming, don't lose heart. Find strength to face that battle by following this three-step battle plan that Hezekiah really laid out for us. First, recognize the enemy. Know who and what you're up against. And we're up against a tough enemy. We're up against Satan. But remember who your God is. So recognize the enemy. Second, resist his strategy. Don't give in to doubts, disunity, and discord. Don't give in to discouragement. Don't listen to the enemy. And then third, rely on God's strength. Go to him in prayer. Pour out your heart, but praise him. Remember who he is. You know, I, I want you, I hope, I'm going to ask you to take some time in either today or in the next day or so that you would get alone with God and that you would just write down maybe on an index card or some sticky notes the battles that you're in the middle of and that you just go before God and like Isaiah, lay them before, I mean like Hezekiah, you would lay them before God. And say, God, this is what I'm battling. This is what I'm, I'm fighting right now. And God, I can't do it alone. Help me. And just give it to God. And then trust him to work. Use Hezekiah's prayer as a guide. And I think it would be good to go back to those two things I mentioned about him at the beginning. He trusted in God and he clung to God. That's good advice for us to follow. Let me pray. Father, we admit that we're weak and we are facing battles and Father, we don't have the strength to to fight them on our own. But thank you so much, Lord, that you are right there in the middle of this with us. You're fighting for us and we don't need to be afraid of the enemy. We don't need to be afraid of what's ahead because you, God, Are greater than the enemy. You can fight for us. And as we've seen you do this for Hezekiah and others throughout the Bible, Lord, you will fight for us. Help us cling to you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, next week, we'll see you again as we study the uh, the book of Habakkuk. And until then, I am sending you another virtual hug. See you next week.